0: Hello, I'm Paige Pierce, and you're listening to the AmSide Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the AmSide, powered by Ace Disc Golf. As always, we are your hosts, Rob and Dale. Dale, why don't you give the rundown of what the listeners can expect this week?
2: Well, we have finally got the Pro Tour back. We've had Vegas this week, and oh my God, it did not disappoint. I'm sure we'll forget about Vegas in about five months' time when we've got multiple other tournaments, but come on, it's the first tournament of the year and it's going to get exciting, right? And it did. It went down to the wire, so cannot wait to recap that. And how can we forget? We've got five times world champion Paige Pierce
1: on the Amside podcast this week. What an episode. And you're absolutely right, we're going to recap Vegas, a tournament which often gets sort of pushed under the rug, swept under the rug, but the events that went down, I think, are going to make sure it's talked about for the majority of the season, for sure. Um, and then, of course, Paige, she was fantastic to sit down with, someone that I don't think has been in any, on any British media, for disc golf media, so I think um, she's, uh, she's finally showing her voice overseas, I um, can't wait to share that interview with you guys. But yeah, let's jump into Vegas and let's start the FPO deal. Um And I want to talk about round one, a name we haven't heard before, and that is Natalie Ryan. Yes, Natalie Ryan, um, sort
2: of exploded onto the scene recently. Um, very, very competent disc golfer, very competent disc golfer. Um, that first round was was phenom-
1: Phenomenal. I mean, she was picking up birdies left, right and centre. And I think I think she could double bogey or triple bogey on one hole and still came through with like the hot round. Yeah, she it snowmanned, was... man, I think, didn't she? She snowmanned. So to do that and still make lead card the next day, what an achievement. Actually, I don't know if she was chase card or lead card. I think she was lead card. Yeah, I think... Because um, she,
2: she pulled out, didn't she, second round. She got a hamstring injury. Um, you could tell... I was listening to Elaine King saying, Natalie, why are you running? You know, just stand still, save your body." Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was a good one. But do you know, what, Rob? I, I want to bring up on the show um, the, the controversy around her and how it's now just made me realise what a toxic community Twitter can be.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of debates within gender and sport at the moment, and I don't necessarily have my my overarching opinion fully uh fully established yet but one thing's for sure is the hate that we're seeing online is just not the that, that's not the solution that is 100 no, for sure um and just sort of preview to the page interview we'll, we'll show you in just a sec but um page talks about this she talks about how she entered a local tournament because so many pulled out because there was a uh, a trans athlete as part of the tournament um, and something that uh, obviously we can all do to try and make people feel comfortable within the sport. I know actually in the UK there was um, a a player, I believe, that was banned from PDJ sanctioned events in Scotland. And the Scottish Disc Golf Association really stepped up and showed support for that player. So I think um, I think the the minimum we can all do as disc golfers and as a community is for accepting of people, whoever they want to be and wherever they want to play, quite frankly.
2: No, completely agree, mate. And just to give context to everyone who maybe hasn't watched coverage or doesn't understand, obviously, Natalie Ryan is a transgender athlete. She plays in the FPO division. Um, And, you know, people were saying online, you know, she's running away with it because, you know, she's got the ability of a man. And I just don't understand how people can sit there and behind their screens and and, and throw hate at someone. Um, It really does frustrate me. We're a very inclusional sport. You know, we include everyone, doesn't matter where you're from. What you do, um, we include you. Um, so I really think that the people behind those those tweets, etc., should really take a, a look at themselves and think, do you know what, is this the right thing to be doing?
1: But you mentioned Elaine King there, and I want to talk about her. Honestly, I think Elaine King is the best thing in the commentary box on the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Could not agree with you more. I think she calls the game so well. She's so humble because she talk, She always calls the game from someone that's a fan. But you know what, Elaine King, she's Elaine King. She's one of the greatest to ever throw a frisbee. Absolutely. It's such a great thing to listen to. She is wonderful. And I'm not talking about female commentary in the box. I'm talking about across every single person that is commentating in disc golf currently. I put Elaine King right up there at the top. She is just a delight to listen to and she makes coverage so great to watch.
2: Yeah, she's got that voice for commentary. She's got that golf commentary voice. You know, it's softly spoken. She understands the game. She un- she knows what's going on. Now, not the same could be same for Ian and Terry sometimes because they're telling me that Hayley King's throwing a zone on hole 18 when I know for a fact that that's not in her bag anymore. Come on, guys, do your research. <laughs>
1: I love, um, what's one of my favourite bits in commentary, people trying to guess the disc they're throwing? It's like, oh, is, that a, is Calvin throwing an eagle? Is it his Draco? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I love sort of the um, the unsure guesses that people have in terms of what plastic these pros are throwing. So where do you stand on that then? So would
2: you prefer the commentary team to not tell you what they're throwing or to try and guess? Because for me, when I... I know players' bags quite well. I know mainly what they're throwing. You know, if I see Paul pull out a buzz and they're telling me it's a lunar, it frustrates me. I'm like, that is a lunar. Uh, that is a buzz, not a lunar. Why are you telling me it's a lunar? Um, I would prefer them just not to guess. I prefer that if they don't know, don't say.
1: I think it's important to say when the disc has a little bit of history with the, with the athlete. So, for example, if if Kevin Jones brings out his, you know, his, I think it was a D two ace with his his red driver. Yeah. If you bring that out, you know, the commentators are going to have to mention, oh, that's his ace one. You know, that's the famous disc. Obviously, we have um, we have Ricky Osaki. You know, and he, last year he was bringing out his pigs. That's that's commentary worthy because we know what he could do with pigs. Uh, and again, Calvin with his Draco, it's just a match made in heaven. So I think. There's a time and place. I don't necessarily need to know what they're throwing on every shot. I know there's a little bit of kerfufflement, I don't know if that's a real word, around what Gannon Burr was throwing on um, hole three in the playoffs. They weren't too sure if it was a, an A4 or a, I think it's called like a, a Mirage or a mesmerizer. or, I'm not too sure. project plastic is something I need to get a lot more sort of acquainted with. But when they sort of have that really unsure guess, maybe it doesn't need to be there. But I do like it when there's almost that known disc it's you know it's something that's followed and been with a player for so long and they just they sort of point that out as a relationship yeah and i think it just comes down
2: to you know doing a bit of research and plus players are going to change i think i think what happens is they get given a list of what players think they're going to throw in each hole but as we know you can't plan you know wind's going to change um you know your you know your nerves are going to change etc so i think if you don't know don't say but you're right. If there's like history to the deer, so if Calvin's found his eagle, for example, we know it's an eagle. Crack on. But anyway, um, moving on to FPI, obviously carrying on with FPO. Sorry, Paige Pierce, hole eighteen,
1: choked again. Uh, we, we, it's going to be quite in the eighteenth hole shank at this point. You know, she lo- lo- last year at worlds. Um, I mean, and we're not saying oh, oh, Paige can't play disc golf. You know, she needs to get better at disc golf. She's five-time world champion. Yeah. So neither she me nor you play. are gonna. Yeah, we're not going to tell her what she should be doing on hole eighteen. It's just surprising to see that on hole eighteen, both in worlds and Vegas, both pretty much neck and neck against Katrina. It was that sort of same shot. It was just a sort of a just an overthrown to the left, bit of a shank, and sort of handed sort of Katrina the win. Um, I always like the very optimistic commentators when we say, "Oh, if Paige just a throw in from here, you know, she can tie it up." But yeah, no. being reckless, <laughs> it's like sorry, that's a hundred foot throw-in. You know, like that's not something that happens weekly. Yeah, and she had alone, a massive sort of. tree
2: in front of her as well. So I don't it's think exactly. there was any way that she was going to make that, and I don't think there's any way Katrina was going to miss. Um, so fair play to to Cat. You know, first first tournament of DGA. By the looks of it, she's quite comfortable there.
1: Absolutely, and we have got an interview with uh, Tyler from DJ coming up very soon, um, and definitely going to be talking about what that means to the brand, because obviously DJ it's the oldest brand in disc golf, however, you could argue that it's all often forgotten about, so clearly Katrina is going to put that brand back on the map, and I think we're going to see a lot more sales, a lot more quakes, a lot more breakers in people's bags moving forward because Katrina is showing just what they can do. However... There was some controversy with Katrina Allen this weekend, and that is the foot fault on round four. Now we did see an image of Katrina's plant foot stepping on stepping on her disc. The disc was lifted, so it wasn't just a clip. It was it, it, it was a clearly obvious sort of stepping on the disc, uh, and this really split opinions. Now I'm going to start with my opinion, and that is. To lift a disc on its edge, you're probably stepping on it by a centimetre, maybe two centimetres. That's less than an inch to US listeners. Um, I don't think, personally, that's going to give any advantage on an open course. A player like Katrina Rowland, I think you let sleeping dogs lie in that case. Um, I think, it, even if it was clocked by another player, I don't think that would be something they bring up. Because, you know what, disc golf is a self-police sport, and something sometimes you just let things go an argument could be that people were saying katrina should put her hand up and said she foot faulted because people were saying oh she would have known what she did but in disc golf again you can't self police you can't or you can't self call yourself so your card mates have to see it so i think um, i think this was just an instance where people were finding a reason to make katrina a bad guy to sort of say that she didn't deserve the win however i don't think that it gave her any advantage um, and I think if she got called on that it might have just been a little bit sort of over strict not too sure about you Dan now I'm in the opinion the same as you
2: where I, I don't think she's got an advantage there is no advantage there so it, I understand that that she hasn't gained an advantage but at what point do we not just have a rule then because there's rules there for. there's a book a PDJ rule book there for a reason there are rules for a reason now you've seen the video of uh, the foot faults with Scott Stokely etc wide open course, yeah his foot's out of position it's a wide open course so whether his foot had been there or there it, it wouldn't have gotten an advantage but he was called on it I, my personal opinion is people haven't called her because it's Cat. also there's a couple further down the field and I think the people back with Cat uh, were the more inexperienced players the younger Europeans that maybe wouldn't, wouldn't have called Kat on, on the foot fault but personally I think that's an interesting point. Yeah. I think personally <laughs> it's hard because we have got rules and they're there for a reason. And yes it is self-policed and yes it relies on players calling it. But if there's no if there's no need to
1: be called on it then what what's the point? I think disc golf is a game where well we look at the 1 meter relief, right? Yeah. No player is getting a ruler out. No-one's getting their Bush out to measure a metre. It's three steps, and we're talking Big Germ. I don't know what foot, feet size he is, maybe, I don't know, 12, 13, <laughs> versus Emerson Keith. Now, Big Germ's getting a lot more relief from the OB than Emerson Keith is if you're doing three steps. Yeah. So you could argue that, actually, the difference between players in relief from OB is wildly different from clipping mm-hmm. a disc by a centimetre. So I think, I think it's a debate that's going to rain on because it's yeah. just like any sport in the world. You know, if there was a... If someone lost, and the the winner was seen to have done something, look at yeah. uh, England in the in the Euros where Italy pulled Saka's shirt back, and, and yeah. yes, it could have been a red card. But would we have won anyway? Who knows? So is it worth the debate? Uh, but yeah. I think it's interesting, and I think, uh, but I think Cat is a worthy winner. Yeah, and no, I agree. The fact she did, and the fact she did it with a new bag, it just yeah proves to those people oh, yeah. that say you can't win uh, I mean, with new plastic.
2: I'm in no way taken away from Kat from that win. I still think she'd have deserved the win, and I, I completely agree. I just don't think there should be one rule for one and one rule for another. You know, Christian Tanner gets a, um, gets a penalty for playing from the wrong drop zone. Retrospectively, you know, he, he's finished his round and then gets called on it. You know, so are they going to do the same for Kat? No. So I think if we've got rules, you know, like in the PDGA, not PDGA, the PGA, you know, you have a rules official playing with every single card. And I understand what you were saying there about uh, um, previously in our WhatsApp chat about, you know, you know, it's self-police, etc., etc., et cetera. And I think that's right in the amateur side of things. We self-police it. But I think when you get to the professional side of the game, there should be an element of professionalism. I think there should be a rules official from the PDJ following every single card Um to, to aid with rules. You know, like if you don't, like when Paul Macbeth went um, at, uh, where is it? Maple Hill went at OB long. He felt he didn't need to go to a drop zone because of where he went OB and where his disliked They called over a, a, a rules official who then gave the official ruling. And I think that is how you would eradicate any controversy in the future.
1: Yeah, well, we're seeing the sport change at a rapid pace. You know, um, how. how professionalism is brought into the sport. So maybe it's something that will be addressed over the next couple of years, but we're just going to have to sit back and watch. However, let's move on to um, the NPO. Um, and before we go into the, the winners and the battle, that, the incredible battle that we saw at the end, the big point that I want to make in that is eagle without a sidearm. Now, an eagle with a clipped wing, as it were, still <laughs> managed to make it into a lead card. Yeah, he was in the final round lead cards. But yep. boy, was he missing tools in his arsenal. I think we saw him do a 400 foot lefty drive. So clearly, the guy's got skills and he's got um, the ability to change things up. But some of the approaches where he did try and sort of test his sidearm to see if it was working, some of those holes where we saw Ganon Barr park with a, with a sidearm because it's the play. Eagle was having to go lefty. He was having to resort to a throw that he's not used to, and like I said, he was punished because he did not have the last round that he wanted. But he still made a lead card without that tool. And I'm personally looking forward to seeing him getting that sidearm back because I think we've only really the last couple of years have been sort of a warm up for Eagle. I think he's going to just be. I think I think he's going to just push. The ratings a never level. Yes, we've got these 10.50 boys, but I think we're going to see much higher yeah. even at the end of this year. Um, obviously, it's got to be said that the way he hurt his arm is in the most ridiculous way possible and that was trying a 360 sidearm shot for a promo video for Jomez Pro, which he must feel like an absolute idiot every single time he can't throw a sidearm because he did it messing around for a video. Yep. Um, and that just shows that maybe... The prof- maybe maybe the sort of the the professional athlete mindset needs to be sort of maybe instilled. You know, David Beckham insured his his foot for millions. You know, if if Eagle's got that sidearm, maybe he shouldn't be thinking. You know what? Having a mess around sidearm throw, which I haven't warmed up for, never done before, might not be the best idea. You know, in an off season where I'm hoping to come and make a lot of cash this year.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. Um, but yeah, it was, it, he was incredible to watch and. You know, fair play to him for, you know, he's got this injury, he's adapted. And, you know, I've tried to throw left-handed before and it, it is so difficult. So for him to be able to throw 400-foot power shots left-handed, fair play to him. He's he's adapting his body and making sure that he can still compete to that highest level, making lead cards. But he is, you're right, he's missing that, that sidearm and that is what he's so well known for. And how far he can throw that. So, hopefully he rests up and uh, we'll see that towards the
1: end of the season. For sure. Now, let's get on to... It's not the main event because we had a fantastic battle on the FPO. But I would say that the big talking point this weekend was the phenomenal playoff we had on the NPO. Um, obviously, a teammate of ours on Team Dot, Gallon Burr, was just giving a clinic all weekend on how to putt. Now... Oh. Unbelievable. He was clutch. You could argue that there was pl- there was players throwing much better th- shots off the tee this weekend. But what set him aside was that it didn't really matter what shot Gannenberg was throwing off the tee this weekend. If it was even near the circle, he was hitting chains and absolutely draining putt left, right and centre. And sometimes not even left, right and centre, sometimes diagonally behind a bush. You know, this guy <laughs> knows how to putt. Um, which obviously saw him take a phenomenal lead going into the last round. Drew Gibson just having a phenomenal last round, though, closing that gap. Um, Maybe some pressure on Gannon Burr meant that he missed a couple of holes, you know, being in the lead by so much. Drew Gibson having a little bit of a a chance to claw back and maybe just some of those shots weren't clicking and it allowed Drew to take, uh, take a few shots back. And then going into a playoff, it was just a phenomenal thing to watch. I was on the edge of my seat going through first hole, second hole, third hole, going to the fourth hole. These guys are just neck and neck. I don't know about you, it felt like Gannon was on the defensive, though. It felt like Drew was just playing his game. It felt like Drew was the one that got to make the shot and Gannon was the one that couldn't mess up. It didn't feel like Drew could mess up necessarily. It felt like Gannon was the one having to to be clutch. Um, So, yeah, I think that the, the better player on that last day and on that playoff came home with the trophy, but... I strongly believe that Gannon's going to be the youngest person to win a major, and I think it's going to happen this year.
2: I think Gannibert is going to be the youngest person to win a world. Yes, hundred um, percent. Couldn't agree more. He's is incredible. His putting this weekend was phenom- uh, phenomenal. This um, dots um, evidently help him. Evidently, um, it just it's just it's apt, isn't it, that his the way he loses the tournament is by missing a putt. After his putting being so good all weekend,
1: but you know what, he made—I would say—thirty putts that he had no business making. You know, he—he yeah. made—he made thirty highlight putts in one tournament. So to miss a putt, you know, it was almost like his time was coming. You know, he'd he'd, he'd borrowed phenomenal putts from 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 somewhere from from mystical. Creatures yeah. and, and just just to miss one, so it shouldn't be talked about that the part he, he missed. It should be talked about all yeah. the parts that he made, which just made him get to the position he was on the weekend. Drew, I mean, want to talk about sportsmanship between both of these people? Yeah, Gallenberg, even in the playoff, well he was he was high fiving, he was giving respect to Drew, all of the good shots. Yeah, and yeah. he was. Throughout the weekend, he was congratulating. He was humble. He was as a young guy. He's just showing exactly what a sportsman does. What a sportsman does, exactly I should say. And um, being so young as not, well, he's very. He's a credit to his to his brand. And, and his mum, you know what? You know, and big up to his mum that who she's on his bag. You know, all weekend she drives around the country. She needs to get some love. But flip side to that, Drew Gibson. You know, as soon as he won, he had the trophy in his hands. The first thing he said was how much he respected Gannon Burr. Yeah. How much he thinks he's the future of the sport. And sometimes, you know, teams say to, oh, you know what, the other team was fantastic because you have to because that's the way that you have to be humble as a winner. But genuinely, I think Drew believed that. And I think think we all believe that. And um, yeah, it's something that I cannot wait to see this guy grow as a player. Because again, I talk about Eagle being maybe one of the first sort of Standard 1060 rate players, 1070. Gannon the ability to be the first 1080 player.
2: No, absolutely, mate. Um, just before we get on to the Page Pierce interview, I wanted to quickly bring up. I, I should have brought up in the FPO section, but let's quickly discuss it now. We've all hyped this off season. Everyone's hyped about the Europeans coming over, especially in FPO. What's your opinion after the first tournament of the year? Now, one of them missed the cut. One of them made Lee card.
1: One of them missed the cut, but if you're looking at the top ten, you know there's two flags in that list that aren't US flags. You know we had Christian Tatar, we had yep. Evelina. Um, I think the spotlight was I'm, on Hannah and Evelina though. That
2: this spot, we we knew Christian Tatar could perform because she came over last year and dominated. But the spotlight was on the two Europeans that everyone said is going to rival Paige, Evelina and Hannah. And after the first tournament of the year, I'd still take Page
1: and Kat. Yeah, but you, but you know, they're playing in these guys are from cold countries, man, and they're playing in Nevada. You know, it's a, and, and yeah, they they might have to. They're trying to refine their feet in the pro tour. You know, I think yeah, Kristen came last year. She showed what she was capable of. Um, I think these guys aren't going anywhere, and I think they are going to rival Cat, quite frankly, um, sort of Cat and Page, because. Once they get running, I think, I think they can do it. One thing is for sure, which is these guys can come and make the, the the top positions a lot tighter. Yeah, and that's what we spoke about all season last year is about tightening up these scores on the top of FBO because we don't want to see the same woman or the same group of women run away with it week on week out. Um, and I think these are these are going to come in and really really tighten up that sort of scoring at the top of the FPO. So, quite frankly, I'm just looking forward to sort of seeing more from these players because it's an international sport. You know, we um, we always talk about how much we love disc golf, how it connects people all around the world. But often on coverage, it is just very US heavy. But now we're seeing that sort of that international representation yeah. in the sport that we love watching coverage of. No, nope, couldn't give you more. Glad we had that, that very short debate.
2: Um, but talking about you know domination, five times world champion Paige Pierce. Um, I remember her messaging uh, us at uh, three a.m. in the morning, um, saying, "Hey guys, I'm available at this time. Can you do it?" I was like, "Yep." Didn't even ask Rob because I knew Rob would just say yes. Um, and then yeah, I- I'm so glad we finally got to sit down with her. Um, that's one five times champion ticked off one to go um but guys enjoy the interview page pierce and we'll see you afterwards
1: page pierce welcome to the am side i can't quite believe those words are leaving my sort of leaving my mouth but thank you so much for joining us
0: yeah no problem it's very awesome to be on y'all's show and to help grow the the community in y'all's side of the world
1: that's so cool so um we always got a guest to intro themselves. Now, I don't think you need much of an introduction, so you can keep it nice and short, but not a fil- philosophical introduction, not who you are as a person. But in terms of disc golf, who is Paige Pierce? Nice and quick. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm a five time world champion, and I have been consistently ranked the highest player, the highest female athlete in the sport.
1: Fantastic. Um, so let's, let's just jump in um and we so start the season now but we've had quite a phenomenal off season so we want to start with that uh i think people have been flying everywhere like i don't think there's the sort of a a company that hasn't had massive changes over the last few months yeah um and i almost see it as the page pierce paul Macbeth effect um and that a lot of the conversations we're having in the sense that you guys are really showing what you can get as a as a professional disc golfer obviously you've had your incredible range of discs that you help have input designing um obviously you yourself and Paul a lot of info around your contracts actually saying get paid what you're worth as Mm -hmm. athletes um is that something that's echoed back to you is that a players sort of said to you or the community said to you actually the deals that discraft were giving you guys and the respect they were giving you guys as athletes has sort of inspired others to sort of find it, find a better option for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hear that from my peers quite often, you know, just, wow, that's awesome. You know, that helps me to figure out what my kind of contract would be worth and, you know, for Paul to take the leap when he did and be so open about his contract terms. I think that obviously helped Ricky to get his and, you know, it's arguable who's better, Ricky or Paul, Ricky or Paul. Katrina or Paige. And so when we come out with numbers like that, you kind of know based on ranking where you sit and it helps with your negotiation. So, you know, if you see that company A doesn't quite value you as a player that much there, then you can look into company B, C or D.
2: Do you think that um, by these numbers coming out that there are people that are thinking I can negotiate up, but there's other people thinking, do you know what? I'm getting paid quite well, and things could go down
0: um I think for the most part it's it's players that want to be paid more. I think you know I'm just gonna be as as honest as possible, but uh like people at innova for for instance are very much underpaid, and yeah. uh they have uh, historically they've had a lot of the best players have been on innova. And that's why you kind of see their exodus is because, okay, I'm on Innova, the team that quote unquote is the choice of champions. um, And it's clear that they value the winning, right? Mm. But then they don't pay as much. Um, Innova does now, you know, to to counter that, they do have the best bonus structure that I've heard of. Um, So they do clearly value the winning, but when you are a dominant athlete and you're winning a lot you would think that you're going to get a better contract than Innova can provide but i think it's really it's really interesting for me because you see um co- other companies value things differently right dd mm-hmm. kind of values more of the media based Absolutely. and the growth of of uh their brand and and each other's brand and i think that's why they saw for example, Kona Panis yep. being worth 125000 a year where I'm kind of seeing some comments of like, why does Kona deserve more yeah. than Valerie or Paige Hsu? Um, You know, because their titles are similar. Why is she worth yeah. so much more? And you, it's obvious that Didi values the media. Social
2: media. It's the first time we've ever seen a social media bonus, isn't it? You know, it's the first time it's ever been publicised about having that social media uh, bonus. But going back to Innova, do you think um, that they, because they are, quote-unquote, you know, the disc of champions, yes, they can put a 12-times Firebird out or whatever, do you feel that Innova's loyalties are around not so much paying their players the most because they know that they're getting... um, Dick Sporting Goods, for example, it's the only disc you can buy there. So they, they've got other avenues where they're making mm-hmm. millions of dollars a year that they don't feel. They feel that if you want to play for Innova, it's because you want to pay for Innova, not because you want the money.
0: I think so, yeah. And and Innova is one of the few companies that I haven't actually partnered with ever. But I, from my perspective, talking to my friends that have and are sponsored by them, and just from conversations that I've heard about I, I, it's assuming, but I, I do assume that that is what their thought process is, is that they're going to continue to sell this no matter what. And, um, you know, you hear stories from Valerie Jenkins and from Des Redding and, um, yeah. their past champions that were sponsored by them saying, Hey, they really didn't value the women and they aren't really valuing the player. And I think. That that kind of comes from older, the older generations being yeah. in the power position still. And uh, Innova has a huge history, like all of their upper management. They used to be, you know, the Ricky Wysockis and the Paul McBeths of their generation. So absolutely, I think that in in their decision making processes, they are like, well, back in my day, we didn't get this. And they're holding that too tightly in their future, um, you know,
2: agreements. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I think it'd be really interesting. So, you know, there's um, obviously all these comparisons main in history of sports, sort of uh, Kobe Bryant versus Michael Jordan and sort mm-hmm. of Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson. I think it'd be in, it's so interesting to put sort of Ken Clymer and drop him into this current sort of contract debate. Would he Would he have stuck out within of a all that time, if he was currently there, yeah. or actually, would discraft? Would DD? Would someone be given the twelve-time champ a better offer? Because in my in my heart, I, I think it's got to be yes, right?
0: Totally. I mean, it again. It really is like you know, people. I hear two main questions when people want to talk to Paige Pierce: How do I throw farther? And how do I get sponsored? And the sponsorship thing is so fascinating to to people because. And, and to me as well, because it really is up to the company. What type of player do they want to go out, out after? And, um, you know, with with Didi, or I'm sorry, with Discraft, for instance, we have someone, a player like Andrew Presnell. Do you guys know who Andrew Presnell is?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay.
0: okay, I'm glad to hear that because he is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players. He wins. Couldn't agree more. I mean, he plays every weekend. He's always winning eight tiers. I I wish I had his stats pulled up, but he's winning like you know fifteen events a year. But he's not selling as many discs. You know, he's not he's not moving the needle as much as a Paul Macbeth or as a Adam Hamis. Um, so yes, he should be on the same team. But when the discs don't sell as much, it's harder to give a player of that caliber machine time and that's where you're gonna find the eagles the konas the rickies like these people are have a big fan base and their fans want to buy their discs so yeah. i think that this day and age if ken Climo was in the mix we would have to see to answer that question fully we would have to see his social media presence <laughs> it's funny to think of the champ on, on Instagram, but Can
1: you imagine that? I'm sure you he'd do what? right. I'm sure he'd have some content to put out. Fun... Oh,
0: he's a funny guy and a good Fa-
1: storyteller. Fun fact um about uh Presnell, so he's never been on the show, but he's he was sitting next to Chris Clemens when Chris was on the show. So okay. in, in in spirit, he's been near he's been near the show <laughs> as being recorded. Uh, maybe awesome. this season's the uh, season awesome. we get him on.
0: You should. You definitely should. He needs And I think he's just kind of like introverted and kind of a shy guy. And he doesn't feel like he's out there practicing, you know, he doesn't feel the need to be posting. But I think he's starting to see or play not him, but players like him are starting to see, Okay, it's not just about winning. And I think for that reason, um, you know, players like Rick and myself and a couple others have hired on like a PR tour manager agent assistant where we can focus more on playing and the that person can yeah. focus on our social media aspect and, and making us more visible or relevant yeah. if you will
2: 17 wins last year
0: 17 amazing
2: that is actually i've never even, i've never looked those stats It's the first time yeah. i've been but if 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 we were sat here and let's let's think of not not top tier. Let's go, um, Adam Hamez. You know, still quite well known. If if we sat here and he's won sixteen tournaments, would be raging. We'll be absolutely raving about it.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah.
2: So I think you're completely right, and coming back to not selling plastic, do you think that could come down to choice of disc in his torso? His line. I mean, the no. force is a fast disc.
0: No, I don't. Okay. I think that it is because. Especially the way that Discraft does it. Because with our tour series disc, it's just a big thing with your name on it. So it yeah. just says Presnell. And when the average player is walking up to the shelf and they see Presnell, yeah. they don't know what that means. When they see Macbeth, obviously they know what that means. So, when they say
2: piss, they know what it means.
0: Right. And maybe if he was on Innova, it could be a different situation because it's not a giant presnell no. it's like a you know a halo an swirl yeah. with a you know an image and somebody might find that more pretty um but yeah i think i think that andrew like you know and i'm going to tell him this as well when i see him <laughs> but like he i think i'm a andrew presnell fan you know like i want that guy to do so good and i think he's on his way if he can just step up his social media presence so that people know him and yep. they can attach his personality and his face with that word Presnell, because we didn't even know how many he won you know what i no, mean until didn't. you just looked no, that up like no, we and didn't. we even know who he is and we know that he's good but
2: and we you know you're five times world champ playing disc golf every week and we're disc golf media so you know you think we'd know that sort of things and it's He's, he's, definitely, he's definitely someone to watch and I'm looking yeah. forward to watching him next year. I hope he gets on some tour cards, you know, some lead cards and really does showcase what, what he's about and what he can offer because he's definitely got a lot out there.
1: Totally. So quickly, I've, I'm going to say some questions out of order because I think it just flows really nicely. And we'll talk about names on plastic because obviously that's what we're talking about now. I'm going to lean to my right here and pull up my five times page for stalker. <laughs> um, just listeners, hopefully imagine a nice blue with a purple stamp. Anyway, um, I wanted to ask about: Is there ever a point that it seems surreal or bizarre knowing the fact that a thousand people, ten thousand people, maybe a hundred thousand people have your name in their in their set of discs? The fact that yeah, you can it's... pull out a disc and it has your name written on it because that must never get old.
0: Yeah, you know, it's 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 really crazy because it hits me at different times. You know. It's not every single day that I'm thinking about that, but then I go and play a tournament and, you know, there's a crowd of hundreds of people, thousands of people at some events and they come up to you to get you to sign a disc. And, you know, maybe I would say three years ago, four years ago, it would be just a random disc and whatever company I was with, let's say DD, they would make sure it was a DD disc or a trilogy disc, but it wouldn't necessarily be a page pierce disc. And now, since being with Discraft, and I think I've come out with maybe upwards of fifteen discs with them, maybe twenty discs or so. Um, it's so crazy because they come up to you and they all have these different discs. You know, I have the stock disc, like you just showed that ESP Stalker, but then you have like the ones that they make limited edition that are just for Player of the Year or 991 rating and. It- you see so many different types of discs that these people are collecting and wearing your hat and your shirt. And you're just like, like yesterday I played a tournament and um, you know, it was during my off season. So it's, I'm kind of out of the swing of things like tournament wise. And uh, you know, I have, I haven't been on a podcast. I haven't been on video coverage. And now I go play this tournament and I have a hundred people standing in line with, a Page Pierce stalker, a Paige Pierce undertaker, a Page Pierce nuke, a soul, a fierce. And it's just like, whoa, this is so crazy. What a crazy life I'm living. And yeah, it's, it's, it's really surreal.
2: I'm so glad you take that, that stance in it, because it could be so easy to go the other way and think, Do you know what? I'm Paige Pierce. You, you, you know, you've got my disc, you know, good on you, but you you aren't <laughs> like that. You're every day, as you say, it's like, I can't believe this, what I'm living, you you are earning, you know, you're enjoying life. Um, you go on some incredible vacations. Obviously, Hawaii last year was a great example of that. Just zoning into yourself and just thinking I get paid to play disc golf. Can't really yeah. beat that. Can you?
0: No, you really can't. And uh, I mean, I would have never imagined that that's how my life was going to turn out, but you know, here we are in 2022 and disc golfers are making millions of dollars. So it's, Cheers to that. And so they should. And so they should.
2: You know, we we can't even get um, Sport England to recognize it as a sport over here.
0: No.
2: So, you know, that's how difficult things are over here. Um, I often swipe over to uh, the USA on UDisc and just see thousands of courses in one town. Um, Whereas you come, me and Rob, where we are, I have to drive half an hour to one course. And then the closest one upwards would be about four hours. Whoa. we've we've got i wouldn't know how many courses you reckon you've got in the uk rob
1: i'd say it's growing i think you it growing. Growing. So we, i'd say we have about 40 playable ones in, in the whole of the uk um and you know cash i won i won 20 pounds in vouchers at a tournament you know it's it's getting there so um wow. but i think uh yeah they definitely the it's enviable sort of how uh we sort of see the the us uh sort yeah. of disc golf scene and i think I mean, we're heading in the right direction. And I think Absolutely. actually the fact that you guys are leading the way in showing uh, the sportsmanship, the sort of the level that disc golf can be. I think there's definitely a lot of reflection, reflecting and trying to imitate over here, especially as yeah. sort of the British Disc Golf um, Association is restructuring currently, like tournament structures to try and imitate. Amazing. So I think there's lots of stuff that, um, lots of positives coming from the work that you guys are doing over there. Man, we've Ooh, got a yeah. top
2: 20 female player top 20 you as in worldwide
1: worldwide We've got top yeah. 20
2: worldwide player female player rachel turton um i'd absolutely love to see her take her on um america next year she's 945 rated wow you know, so she's she went to the european not the european open the european championships okay and um was great britain's like participant in fpo came sixth and we're talking like Christian Total taking place. Taking yeah, part she, g- she, gave, like she
1: gave her a run for the money, and uh, I'm she got sure. got a lead wow. card, didn't she? I'm, I'm sure in a, a couple. of I saw sure in a year or so, you'll um, you'll be sharing a, a lead card with her. No doubt. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome.
0: That's awesome. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that day. Yeah, I would say, you know, just like my advice would just be to try to gather numbers that you see in the U.S. All the all the courses, the views, the all that and then even i would say to try finland as well because you yeah. see is doing a really really incredible job over there with the number of courses he's putting in and you know the i'm sure he would he would divulge his uh viewership on like the live broadcasts as well that would help you guys i think
2: oh absolutely um so we've we've decided that we've got very different off seasons but i want to know more about you so your off season, you said you've been quite quiet and um, you've been playing a few tournaments here and there. But what what's off season look like for you? So you finished the tour. What are you up to next? When do you think about playing disc golf again?
0: Yeah, I um actually as soon as the pro tour was over, I came to Florida to visit Eric and Tina Oakley. And um, we ended up looking at a house and buying a house. That and- was one of the
2: craziest stories I've ever seen. Yeah. I used to be i used to be what you would call a real estate agent. So I was okay. over in the UK and to see you literally went on holiday and then bought a house that week. I was like, I love a client like you. Come to where I live <laughs> yeah, and just buy they, a house.
0: She was very, she was like, wow. All right, let's do it. <laughs> and you know, for me, it's like, it's my first house. I've never, I didn't even know what the next step was. It's like, okay, we decided we want it. Now what? like, you know, so it was, it's kind of been nice to, to learn a different side of life that most people my age have already way already done by now. So, you know, I'm learning what escrow is and, and (laughs) how, how to pay a mortgage and, you know, all this stuff and interest rates. And so, you know, you kind of dive into a little bit of that on cars and stuff, but, you know, I'm like, I called my dad like just a few nights ago. I'm like, dad, what does escrow mean? And so <laughs> it's cool to, to learn things because I think, you know, I've learned a lot more in just life in general than I learned in high school or college because you're not really learning the stuff that you're, you need to use every day. Like, and so, yeah, I'm just having a good time, like learning new things and trying to to use my hands more and make things and, you know, just kind of like try to find myself outside of disc golf and to have other conversations that aren't about disc golf. And that is very difficult for me. I seriously like, (laughs) uh, you know, maybe we're on a different conversation for like, or a different topic for five minutes and then somehow my brain just goes right back to disc golf. And, um, you know, I, I try and I, I'm doing good sometimes, but yeah, I, I talk about disc golf every day. And so even though I'm not playing as much as I am in the season, um, you know, you still get that itch and you know, you're talking about it and then you're like, okay, I got to go putt or whatever, (laughs) you know, go, go to the course. And, um, yeah, I played my first tournament yesterday over the off season, but then, you know, Vegas seems like it's right around the corner and, um, we'll get right back into the swing of things, but yeah, mostly just been, um, house stuff and trying to uh, lots <laughs> of business trips. meetings. Lots of what'd you say?
2: IKEA trips.
0: IKEA. No. I did a lot of uh online actually like Wayfair and Amazon Ooh, and uh you know my tables
2: kind of from Wayfair. Good to know okay. I choose the good brands.
0: Yeah. So like learning to put stuff together and <laughs> ha- learning patience. Uh yeah. So it's been fun. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the season and getting back into the swing of things. I I miss it for sure, but it's been nice to take a different turn, you know, on, on the road trip of life.
1: <laughs> I think that's the, uh, I think that must be the sponsorship announcement everyone's waiting for, you know, page Pierce signs with wafer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um Um uh, Well, to paraphrase a very famous quote, all roads lead back to disc golf. Um, as you say yeah. in conversation, it's very easy to get back there. So let's head back there a tiny bit. Um, so you said on the off season, you'd like, been trying making things with your hands assembling things one thing that i'm sure listeners would love to hear because we haven't had anyone on the uh, on the show before that's had this opportunity is actually developing a disc so yes we can stamp like i said i've got my yeah. my stock my stock stalker um and that's got your name on it but obviously you probably didn't have much to do in terms of designing the stalker but obviously the passion the the fierce discs that Within weeks, I saw flooding people's bags over here in the U.S., soon as, uh, in the U.K., as soon as they were available.
0: That's, awesome. That's
1: what, awesome. What is that process of actually getting to saying, how do I want this to fly? How should it look? What like You must feel so protective over that process.
0: Totally, totally. Yeah. So with the Fierce, it was a little bit more extensive than with the Passion. The Passion, honestly, uh, right after the first prototype, we kind of knew we, we were this close. Um, but the fierce, for example, you know, that was my first disc coming into the new contract with Discraft, craft. And that was part of our, um, agreement was that I could create the putter I wanted. And I think the putter is so personal to each individual athlete because, um, that is the one disc you use on every single hole. And, um, you know, I wanted the putter of my dreams, the putter that was going to fly exactly how I wanted glide, feel plastic, everything, um, and they were so happy to to oblige to that, and and just yeah, totally. This is gonna be what wins you championships. You should design it, and um, so straight from there, it was like, okay, what do you want it to fly like? And then I kind of talked them through, like, okay, well, coming straight from DD, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm putting with the deputy right now. I like that it's under stable to straight but it's a little bit too understable at higher speeds. So I want it to be a little straighter and I don't like the the sharpness of the feel on the end of the disc. So that's where we start. And then we go, they have actually like a, um, um, kind of like, what is it called in the bottom of a library? You know, when you, like a records room kind of, you know?
2: Okay, Uh, yeah, archives.
0: Archives, that's what I was looking for. They have a mold archives room. And so every disc that Discraft has ever created, they have the mold in there. And uh, disc molds are are consisting of two pieces, the top and the bottom. And so uh, we went into that room and, and, you know, after I tell them what I want it to fly like, then he he can narrow it down. Okay. Okay. These ones are straighter to understable. And so we eliminate the overstable ones. And then, so now we're looking at these, this section of molds. And, um, so we kind of narrowed it down between a few different of their already existing putters. And then I went out and putted with each of those and I was like, okay, I like how the APX flies, but it has a little bit too much of this or, the roach has a little bit too much of this. And then, so we would take little aspects of each of the putter and we actually ended up going with the APX and the roach combined. So the top of the APX and the bottom of the roach and put it together. And um, then we kind of just made small little tweaks so it would feel differently in the hand. But um, yeah, so it's really cool. And that's, that's actually what we did with the passion as well. We took a couple different um, molds. We took the excess and Mm -hmm. the uh, cyclone. And put those um. together. So um, that one was pretty instant. Like as soon as we put those together, it just flew like a dream. But the fierce, we kind of had to work with the the plastic type a little bit more. I was a little bit more particular on that because a putter, you want it to feel grippy and tacky. And so they would send me um, a few of them and I'd be like, ah, a little too soft. And then they would, and it would say on their like, you know, softest, no softer than this, you know, and then the next one would come back and it would, he would be like, okay, is that hard enough? And I'm like, yeah, but I want a little bit more tack. And so I think the fierce, we kind of went back and forth about five or six times before we nailed it down. So yeah, it's a really cool process and it's cool that they're so open to my suggestions and really, really making it my disc just with, with their branding on it, you know,
1: that's so cool. I I think the reason that, Sort of me and me and Dale shared a slight giggle there is because the roach is a is a topic that we bring up a lot on the show. It's, I, I, I'm gonna die on this hill. I think it's the best putter in existence. <laughs> I've got so many. So the fact that, like, the. So you uh, should try it then. <laughs> it's a, and, l- I, and a little felt different the than the
0: roach, but it's I, got some roach qualities.
1: I, I felt a face. You know, when you walk into a room and it has like a, a familiar smell and it makes you feel comfortable, maybe it feels like your parents' house or grandparents'
0: yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: When I felt The Fierce, it had that sort of nice familiar- familiarity. I was like, oh, I quite like that. And now I know why. It's because it's it's half roach. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's half of my beloved. Um, and that's so cool. And I think that's um, – awesome. uh, and actually, it's kind of recycling. I like that. Like, obviously, yeah, sustainability okay. is a big thing in the sport. So, like, you know what? We've got to. We don't need to machine something completely new. It will be completely mm-hmm. new if we just – Combine a little bit. A bit like the Power Rangers, the Fierce and the Passion are basically the Megazords of a disc golf. That's great.
2: I bag I bag two Fierce. I okay. bag So I bag a Jawbreaker putter, but it's a throw-in putter for me on those little bit of a colder days. Okay. So I putt I put with Challenger SS. Um, and we'll come on to that in a second because one of your good friends basically made me do yep. it. Um, <laughs> um, and then I bag a DGPT, uh, twenty twenty. Uh, crystal fierce. Awesome. Um, and that is my my go to sort of understable frame putter. But for me, I I did I try putting pattern with them, but for me it just as you said you have got it's got to feel right for you. Pattern is so important. Yeah. And for me, I, I felt better throwing them at higher speeds than I did but sp- pattern with them. But
0: yeah,
2: I'm not a five times world champion. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: but then moving on, I said about obviously your friends. So. You've got some really good friends in disc golf. You mentioned straight from the off season, you went straight to Tina and Eric Oakley's house. Um, we've had Missy Gannon on the show uh, who basically idolized you and said that you got her over to discraft craft and, and has really, really helped her. Um, who's sort of your go-to on, on tour at the moment? You're know, you sort of someone that you'd, you'd lean to. You are ride or die. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> Missy for sure. Missy for sure. Yeah, we we play a lot of our practice rounds together and we camp together mostly so even if we don't play around together as soon as we're done practicing because um there's certain tournaments where you need more work or uh sorry certain courses that you need more work on than others or sometimes you don't want Sometimes you want to throw ten shots on a hole and you don't want to have anyone with you. You wanna play a practice round by yourself. And uh, so Missy and I both kind of do that on occasion too, where we just go play a practice round by ourselves and then we we finish for the day and we are eating lunch together, we're playing games or putting around or playing cornhole and you know, just having a good time. I think Missy is definitely uh, my ride or die as far as the women goes, at least James Conrad and Nate Perkins are definitely uh, my rider dies for the men and we all kind of like camp together, like a bunch of people in, in the vans. Uh, we'll just like kind of go in together on a on a campsite and just park there and have a little campfire and little family meals.
1: Amazing. I've only played Caught her once. And as, oh, I was, yeah? and as I was sort of looking away or looking at my phone, the person I was playing against decided it'd be fun to Hit me with the beanbag in a place that no one ever ever <laughs> ever wants to get hit. <laughs> so, oh no! So that sort of ended ended the game. So I haven't got good <laughs> memories. But I know I know it's a, I know it looks like a fun game. I'll, I'll give it another go. It's very good. You
2: mu- you must feel with the... seeing Missy's season that she's just had. Obviously, I think it's well. You know, she won. You know, Player of the Year. It's fitting that she's had a season like that. I think. I. Uh, I don't know how to put it, but from where she was the year before to where she finished last season, huge difference.
0: Totally, totally. And you know, it was no surprise at all to see that she was the most improved player because without a doubt, she won three events of a huge uh caliber. And the season before she was she was on the verge, but she didn't get that big win that she was looking for. But Yeah, surprising to see that she wins Pro Tour, uh, the disc golf Pro Tour Player of the Year, but Katrina wins the PDJ Player of the Year, and then then I don't win any of them, and I had a hell of a season, you know. I had an incredible
2: season. I won a a major. Everyone, yeah,
0: I won a major in five Pro Tour events, and um, you know, I still think that in my mind I was the player of the year but I think that that's what we should all feel right you know we should all yeah. be confident in ourselves and and secure and and I think that you know at the end of the day she won because her wins were the most recent, um, recent. they were I at about the say
2: en- recency biased
0: yeah so they were at the end of the year and it was kind of like Missy was the talk and everyone was like, you know, and how can you not like Missy? She's the best, you know? And so people are like seeing her smile, seeing her at the top of the podium at three events at the end of the season. And, you know, that that sticks in your mind. Do you think
2: that her winning Fro Pink's Women's Disc Golf Championship, people saw it as a major, even though it was an A tier? Because it was next to one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that um, a lot of people were actually confused that it wasn't a major um, because the men's was, and it yeah. was the same weekend, same uh, course, same media crew, same course, same everything. Um, so, yeah, I think that that was very confusing to the general public. I know a lot of people, and players, actually, some of the MPO division were like, wait, y'all's wasn't a major? And we are like, no, we already had our major, you know, the US women's. We <laughs> oh, just had not, our major.
1: Let's, let's not talk, talk about, about that. that. <laughs> and
0: so you know, it was very confusing to the, to our male counterparts. So I think definitely also to the um, general public, but I think that that's okay because, um, we don't want to downplay the event. If they felt like it was a big event, then that's all we need to say. Right.
1: Absolutely. I think, um, I think also the, the the sort of term player of the year, obviously last year was very controversial in terms of the end of that the end of that sort of season and that decision. I think player of the year is such a subjective thing. I mean, like who's decide, deciding, right? That there might be players. I mean, I I love watching Calvin Heinberg, for example, and he didn't mm-hmm. win as much as other guys on tour. So actually the the the, the sort of the power of the decision making is very strange. So I think it that title has a lot of potential to uh, potentially cause a lot of debate, and I think it's always going to cause debate. So obviously, totally, you totally. don't you don't want to suddenly get rid of that award because I think it, winning that means so much. But I think you've always got to just uh, understand that it's not based on how many wins you had or what your season rating was. It is mm-hmm. a lot of factors that could be sort of seen as sort of slightly, slightly subjective. And I think um, I don't think that necessarily reflects on on individual's a season. There's a there's a, a boxer who I can't remember his name right now. Um, but I remember the sort of the the quote or the idea of the quote, which is that he's um, he always forgets the fights that he lost. So in his mind, he's only ever won. And I think that's oh, that's brilliant.
0: nice. I think I, yeah. think,
1: it's, I think it's brilliant. But so like you're meant to see yourself as I, I, I'm sure every single person is Player of the Year in, in their mind if they had if they had a good season, right? Because totally. as long as you're happy with your performance, then that's all that really matters. Obviously, totally. a bit of money and, a, and an award is nice. <laughs> um, but I think that's a, that's got to be the lesson.
2: Now, Paige, um, obviously the viewers will have seen that we put out our Aster Pro. Now, as you well know, we organized this at 3 a.m. my time this morning. So wow. we gave, <laughs> I was up. Um, I've seen that you'd messaged. I'm not going to ignore <laughs> five times world champion, so I replied. And then honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Couldn't get back to sleep, so I stayed up for the rest You're of the up. evening. Oh no! Well, I, 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 all I wanted to do was tell Rob, and then I was like, I can't tell Rob at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but anyway, so we, we have got some incredible questions. Uh, the UK have really come through, and they've got some from questions they would never be able to ask you. So, if it's okay with you, we are going to ask you questions from our fans. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Cool. So the first one comes from um, so fellow UK podcaster, Harry Messenger. Um, and I, th- I, th- I think uh, I think this is one that we sort of had a few times from multiple people. Um, and that's post-tour um, or post-tour life, for say. So obviously, so many other sports, we see the career progressions afterwards. You look at Tony okay. Rono doing uh, sort of commentary in, in American football. Have you put thought into that? So we're not saying that you're slowing down anytime soon. But obviously, the future of disc golf is uncertain. Have you thought about what you may do once you sort of uh, you hang up the disc golf bag?
0: Yeah, and you know, it's it's one of those things that I'm thinking about right now because I'm like, do I start it now, even though I'm still playing, or do I wait? And so that's kind of been a um, back and forth in my mind and with my team and my management and stuff. But. Um, I definitely know what I want to do. I want to um, run like a disc golf camp and not just disc golf. Um, I want to have like a a children's camp basically where they come without their parents. Their parents can come on one day or something and see how it is. But um, just for them to kind of get outside of their parents' household and to experience things on their own, to learn how to be with kids and, you know, compete with kids and learn new things with kids and to be outdoors. And so for me, it's kind of like an outdoor movement, uh, a learning movement. And a lot of that is, is in disc golf. Speaking from myself personally is I I think that I've learned so much through disc golf in my lifetime. um, And I'm so eternally grateful to disc golf for teaching me so many things about myself and the world. And um, yeah, I want to kind of like basically have kids come and uh there's like cabins there's a few disc golf courses there's a lake and they we have like you know play time where they can just go play basketball or play whatever they want but at every day we have like a disc golf hour or two where we teach for an hour and then we just go play around and um you know have them keep score, make them understand the rules and how to follow rules and, you know, how to hold each other accountable and um, stuff like that. I think that that is something that I would love to do. I wish that it was available when I was a kid. I definitely would have went to a disc golf camp um, and just met kids from all over the world. And I would like to do it in the winter time because I know somewhere warm in the winter time uh, because I know a lot of kids do summer camps. Um, but it would be cool to kind of break up some kids winters and have them come there. But, um, yeah, I think all the details are still up in the air, of course, but, um, that's definitely the, at least the train of thought where I'm headed.
1: Awesome. Yeah. You couldn't have a winter disc golf camp over here in the UK because the, requirement, no, <laughs> the requirements would be bring several pairs of Gore-Tex shoes, socks, tr- you know, you'd be, uh, you'd be coated yeah. in mud after, after day one. <laughs>
2: I'm happy to come to Mexico or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so our next question um, comes from Max Humphries. Um He's part of Team Ace over in the UK. Now, he asks, how do you recover from the big losses? Um, for example, six-time world champ. Um, how do you mentally come back from that? And what is your process to recover?
0: Uh, I think... Every tournament's different, you know. They mean different things to you. Um, but I think for the most part, it's kind of to take a couple steps back, and by that, I kind of mean resetting your goals. You know, realizing that there is going to be another tournament. There's going to be another chance. There's going to be another thing that will uh, replace that, you know, check mark in your mind or something, and. Um, definitely for me is is to take a step back from social media because um, you want, like you just said a minute ago, Rob, about Maham, uh, that boxer or something, and you want to forget your losses. Um, social media is kind of a place where everything lives forever, right? And so, yeah, for me, it's, I'm already trying to get past it, but then hearing other people talk about it doesn't do me any good. So, um, you know, I think you can analyze what went wrong, what could have been better, but you can't dwell on it. You have to learn from those mistakes and, you know, move forward and, and reset a goal for a future thing. So that way you're not sitting there thinking about what went wrong. You're more working towards the next goal.
1: Yeah. I I think that's super health, healthy that's the, that is the negative side of social media sometimes it's that it's that echo um mm-hmm, yeah. although i would i would absolutely hate myself for a business opportunity because one thing I wanted, I wanted to ask about that sort of about the moment and i don't I, not so about what it meant but I remember just for the throw, the sort of when, when, it, when OB, there was some noise from the crowd. Now, how much does that affect you guys on, on tour? And is that something that you considered when you sort of were going through what happened that day? Or did you even notice the noise at all? And it was just not a factor.
0: Um, like a noise before I threw?
1: Yeah, someone, sh- like someone sort of screamed on cover. Someone screamed just before you threw. So actually, clearly you clearly didn't know. Um, no. that, that's really interesting. So, um, so I, I, in my head, you never know what factors might be contributing. And I know a few of us had a conversation of, oh my God, did you hear that That quite loud scream just before? That must be That's very. That must be so Whoa.
0: off-putting. Um, yeah, no, I didn't hear that at all.
1: Well, I'm glad I asked You should the find them and blame them. <laughs> yeah. I reckon it was that guy in the um, American flag. Oh, course. the American yeah. flag shorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's
0: I'm probably him. He probably was all him.
1: over the place, yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so the third question, fan question, comes from Martin Colbert. Um, and we've kind of um, mentioned it. Um, so it might be a quick answer is transitioning to new plastics obviously you came from dd to um to discraft how long does it take to transition to a new bad bag is it a personal thing and i'm going to add on i sorry i don't have the the listener's name or the um or the exact question but is there anyone that you've seen transition this year who thinks going to be do a do a conrad almost first year new plastic come on tour and it's just going to click
0: um, I think, you know, it it depends how much time you put into the discs. I think that it's a uh, you know, the biggest learning curve is just learning all of the different angles. First and foremost, you got to figure out what discs you're going to throw, and then you need to decide on exactly which ones and don't try out other stuff at least until you figure out the 15 or 30 discs that are going in your bag. Like focus on those 30 discs and Really learn the angles on each each and every one of those discs, and then after that, you got to work on the backups. And um, I think that it was it was so incredibly impressive to watch James win because I play a lot of my practice rounds with James, and uh, James does not go in the water when he loses a disc. But Nate and I both have gone in the water for James's discs. And, uh, you know, there was quite a few that we couldn't find or that it was like, "Mm, probably not going in there. You know, (laughs) I think I saw James lose maybe 15 to 20 discs over the course of the year in practice rounds. So the fact that, you know, he got to learn his discs so well that. Even when he's losing all these discs, he still came out ahead and still was able to manage to win a world title with new discs it was so cool. Um, I think if anyone is going to do it this year, it would be Ricky. I think, you know, he's he's pretty familiar with the harp and the explorer and the felon and the and the um what's that one? Enforcer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he already threw all those discs and the dagger. The dagger, um, you
1: can't forget the dagger. Oh, you can't forget the dagger. <laughs>
0: So I think, you know, it's, it's uh, Ricky's going to have a good year. I have a, I have quite a good feeling about that.
1: Well, just, just another quick anecdote. The one time I've seen Dale sort of up to his sort of waist in a disgusting, boggy swamp is it's, it's it's a place you never want to recover a disc from. Um, (laughs) uh, And Dale's excuse was it's a five times page Pierce disc. I'm not going to leave it.
0: Oh nice!
1: <laughs> so, so didn't get it? He, he got it back. You got it. You got it. All right. I, I, for I lent, him my towel, and I still haven't had that towel back. I'm not sure I. You do. don't want that towel. <laughs> I don't back. want that towel back. You do not. Want All that you gotta towel do
0: back. is wash it. I actually,
2: I, I keep a lot of
0: towels that I find on the course. You know, you'll just find a random towel, and everyone's like, "Don't touch it," and I'm like, "Oh, I'm just gonna just put it in it. my cart, and then I'll wash it. It's a perfectly good towel."
1: <laughs> so towels. Well, you said it. So, so, so stealing towels and dogs. Now, there is the memes online about. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs>
0: yes. That was the craziest thing I've That I was ever the seen.
2: weirdest thing I think I've read ever.
0: I was like, what is this guy doing? There's a completely different about? dog. Yeah. And my dog is like, uh, he's eight weeks old. And that dog, yeah. he's like, I've owned this dog for 12 years. I'm like, well, then it's definitely not the same dog. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I. I called I don't remember what that guy said the dog's name was. Duds no. or something like that. <laughs> Suds or something. And I called my dog that for the next like day just to see if he would answer to it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Just in case the dog suddenly learned how to yep. uh, time travel. Yep. So we've got a, um we've got a question coming in from Gabby Everett. Now she's um part of the UK Women's Disc Golf Association. Okay. Um so she's absolutely smashing it. She's out there um playing most weeks. And it's quite a simple question from her. Um, I think we'd all like to know the answer. When are you planning to come to the UK?
0: Man, I would love to. I would love to, especially if it has something to do with like maybe talking to some, to some like council members or something and trying to make it more of a, that would be awesome. So I don't know, maybe we should keep in touch after this and
1: see when the
0: opportunity arises. uh,
1: Sounds good to us. (laughs) We know that you're, uh, you're friends with Derek Robbins as well, so I'm yeah. sure uh, I'm sure a chance yep. to meet up in person again would, yeah. uh, would, would, would wouldn't go amiss.
0: Derek's one of my favourite human beings. <laughs> He's so great.
1: So, um, me and Dalbo uh, uh, are part of Team Disc Dot, and one of the captains on, uh, on on our team is Lo Campbell, and she um she asked her question, kind of caused a bit of debate today on on, on on the team chat. Okay. Um, and that was um, so you said you said your New Year's resolution is to speak out more. Um, what, how does that, how does that look like what, what, um, sort of maybe don't have to go too in depth into that, but sort of what as an ambassador for disc golf, do you feel like you're not saying?
0: I don't think that it's a, um, an, an answer that I can really give you right now. You know, it's, it's not, I don't know what I'm going to speak out about, but when I feel someone is being judged or, um, talked about, you know. I just want to tell that person like, hey, take a second, think about what you're saying out loud, because what makes you better than that person? Why are you talking that way? Why are you talking negatively towards another? And just I think a lot of times even like, for example, if Dale right now started talking negatively about anything yeah (laughs) and Rob you didn't necessarily agree with him but you didn't want to be confrontational you would just say you would just nod your head or you would be like yeah totally oh I understand you know and just those simple words where it's like you don't agree with him but you don't want to bump heads you know yeah and so I'm trying to figure out a way where I can not do that and not, um, kind of, um, like enable that other person and not be that place to, for people to bounce negativity off of, even if I'm just sitting there absorbing it, I don't want to absorb it. So, um, I hope that that's also contagious and that just kind of like bounces all the way out of the whole world. (laughs)
1: For sure, you got to be—you got to sort of be sure-footed, as we'd say. You have got to know who you are, and then okay. from that, you can definitely uh, try and make some change. I think mm-hmm. that's a really, i think—I think, I, I think uh, the fact that you're conscious and you, that's a decision you want to make. I think that's definitely something that other people can learn from.
2: Thank you. So, last question comes from um, Baba. Now, Baba is one of the <laughs> co-owners of our. Um, one of our sponsors, Ace Disc Golf here in the UK, Okay. Um, stocking lots of page plastic. Um, now, he asks a very good question. He says, having dominated uh, the women's game for so long, signed a record-breaking contract, how do you make sure being comfortable hasn't led to compl- uh, complacency?
0: One more time. Well, so the first ha- part of it, the first part of it.
2: Having dominated the women's game for so long, signed a record-breaking contract, how do you make sure that being comfortable doesn't leave you Um, complacent
0: i think it's not in i mean obviously this question is directed at me so i'll just answer it from my perspective uh that's not in my nature (laughs) i don't i don't uh chill ever um so yeah for me i am a natural born competitor and i just want to be better every day and that definitely translates into disc golf as well you know if i if I'm throwing a shot and I don't get it right, I'm going to throw it 50 more times unless I'm in a tournament and I can only (laughs) throw once. But um, yeah, I just, I don't have the capacity to slow down, I think. Um, But I think also for me, I'm not in the same type of contract as Paul Macbeth where I have a guarantee for 10 years. You know, I think if that was the case, Maybe some of that would seep in. I'm not sure because I'm not in that situation, but I could see how that could be more possible if I was in that type of a deal. Um, So maybe that's something that I should note as a player. And so I don't sign a 10 year deal because then it seems like that, that possibility is there. Um, But yeah, so knowing my contracts up at the end of this 2022, Um, I, I know that I have to work hard and I want to work hard. Um, so yeah, I think that it's been pretty easy for me thus far, but I think that that is something that I should be, uh, considering moving forward.
2: So it's going to be a big year. You, you yourself want to prove yourself, want to show what Paige Pierce is worth. So when it comes to the end of the season, negotiation, the ball's in your court.
0: Totally. Totally.
2: Excellent. I like that. I think I think that's a, a really good way of looking at it. Because I think it could be easy. I think you're right. You know, I don't think Paul be- would come complacent. Um, no, I don't either. He, I don't see that in Paul either. Yeah. I think as a player, you know, maybe as a young player given such a long contract with a lot of money,
0: it'd mm-hmm. be easy
2: to think, do you know what, for the next ten years I'm guaranteed to get this money. And, and I'm think- sure
0: I'm sure there's uh, stipulations inside the contract oh, yeah. that say you have to do this, 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 and yeah. this. Yeah, and there must be renegoti-
2: renegotiation clauses as well. You know, mm-hmm. Paul comes out with a two more, or you come out with two more world championships. Paul's got to think, I'm not worth a million anymore. I'm worth 1.5. Yeah, you know, let's, let's talk another yep. McLaren. Or half a million pound <laughs> in <million>. doja coin <laughs> <laughs> so, the,
1: so the um you but you, you and Paul both sitting at five there's got to be a little bit of competition there right who can get to oh i this? think so
0: yeah i think so that we don't talk about it necessarily we kind of poke each other here and there but we have honestly we have very similar um records uh we've both won 16 majors and we both won five world titles and we, you know we both have been the highest ranked player and all this you know when you look at it it's it's pretty crazy and we both have the same sponsor so um yeah I think that it's it's a cool little like friendly competition camaraderie thing
1: and I, I just just uh sort of spitballing here I think there needs to be a stamp with it's called it's called the claws out stamp and it's like Ten-time world champion Page Pierce versus Paul. <laughs> I think that's some. There's definitely like a fight night kind of boxing poster. There'd be some really. Yep. Good, I think I'd ask a disc. I'd discard, put my bag within a
0: second. That's awesome.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> so, Paige, that really brings us to the end of of the episode um, with you, and we can't thank you enough for taking the time out. We've we've both thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, I hope you have too. But take this time to to shout out all your socials everywhere where everyone can find Paige Pierce.
0: Yeah, so on Instagram, P Pierce29190. And from there, I'll just give you one link so it's easier. From there, you can find all of my Facebook, my Instagram, or sorry, my YouTube, all of that. Um, yeah, so stay tuned on there. I'm always posting what I'm up to on there. I think that's my most common spot. And uh, yeah, I got lots of YouTube videos coming, got the documentary coming. Yes. And uh, yeah, watch any, out for this. Um, any season. update as
2: to when it's coming?
0: Oh, uh, I'm actually, so on, what's the date? January today 11th.
2: is January, January 10th today.
0: Yeah, January 11th, I'm flying to Philadelphia um, where we are doing, recording the narration. Um, so we are getting the narration done and yep. that's our final step. And wow. then just editing, editing that in and trying to get a company to swoop it up and, and uh, put it on their platform. Netflix. Yeah, that's that's the ideal goal. And we do have a couple connections there actually. So it's we're hopeful. We're hopeful. Happiest so. people
2: in the
1: world. Yeah. Literally. Well great. Happiest. So yep. hopefully when this uh when this episode drops that we're not too far away from being able to sit down and watch it. Exactly. exactly.
0: But the trailer is already out. If you go to my YouTube, you can watch the trailer. It's about a three minute clip of what you can expect Looks the awesome. film to be like.
2: Perfect. Well, Paige, thank you so much. Um We wish you the best of luck uh, for this season. Hopefully we can talk again next year when you're a six times world champion. All right. um, And uh, 21 majors. (laughs) Let's see see a Paige Pierce uh, smash down this year. But thanks so much and we'll speak soon.
0: All right. Sounds good.
1: Wow, Paige Pierce, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I couldn't believe that we were able to introduce... Someone with her accolades nice. on this show, um, we always say it when we started this podcast last year. We floated the idea of getting guests. You know, we started getting a few, but now the level of guests that we're getting—not saying that we weren't getting high-level guests because we got Nate Sexton like week one. Yes, yeah. so <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that guests are sort of um, are ramping up, but the spread of guests we're getting always blows my mind. Um, however. Um, one thing that is new to the podcast, and you might have seen on social media, is uh, well, one we are official media partners with Throw Pink, and one thing that we want to do with that partnership is highlight female amateurs that are absolutely crushing in the game. So obviously, we've just spoken to a five-time world champion, a professional female disc golfer. However, we want to talk about the women that are at grassroots level making this game. Just next level every single time they step out on the course, and we asked for your nominations, and my did you guys step up to the plate? We were flooded with nominations, and quite frankly, all I was over inspired. the world, all over the world, it was inspirational. Though you know, these nominations came in; they were heartfelt, and they just were full of love for these individuals that um, these people believe should be nominated for this week's Am of the Week. Now, it's important to say that um, this will be a segment every single time we have an FPO guest on the show. And it's also important to say that if you haven't been picked this week, don't worry, your nominations still stand because, um, yeah, this this will be a rolling thing. So if you haven't been picked this week, don't worry, your name will be read out, I'm sure, at some point in the future because, like I said, some of the nominations are incredible and these are just people that are absolutely improving the sport for the better. However, it is my absolute honour... Uh, to announce this week's first, first official throw Pink female amateur of the week. And that goes to someone which is extremely young in the sport, but the age is not a barrier. This person is in the UK, so we're keeping the first one close to home. They are already a rules official, a PDJ rules official, so they'll be TDing events over the next year. And she's only nine years old, and that is Noren. So I believe that she um, plays a lot with the Nottinghamshire Disc Golf Club, Um, but she is so active. This person had nominations from several different people in the British disc golf community, Um, and I think it's just inspiring that at such a young age she's attempting and successful in making an impact into British disc golf, and uh, specifically female British disc golf.
2: Yeah, couldn't agree more, mate. Um, fitting, fitting first uh, female out of the week. And every time I see her name out there, it's because she's getting involved in disc golf all over the country. You know, she's assist, uh, she's assistant TDs already. She knows what she's doing. She can throw a hell of a long way. And I'm so proud that you got her name right, unlike Bowen from In The Shames. Um,
1: so... I <laughs> I, we haven't had the feedback yet. I might be yeah, completely wrong, but um, well, a lot of the nominations as well. were fairly confident this this young girl's going to do some incredible stuff. You know, a lot of yeah. people say that you know, put your money on her being world champion in five, ten years time. So maybe we've gone in one episode. We can look back at this episode in five years time oh, and yes. say, you know what, we sat down with a five-time world champion, but we also gave a shout out to to a new world champion. So, Naren, congratulations on being on picked as this week's female amateur of the week, um, and we can't wait to see you crush out in the course and all the wonderful things you're going to do moving forward. Yes, definitely, mate. So, um, this week coming up, we have got
2: Memorial. Um, And then next week, we've got Waco, next stop in the Pro Tour. And then the week after that, we've got our episode back. So we've got a few predictions that we need to get in before we close off the show, Rob. Um, Let's start with Memorial. Now, I love Memorial. I love... um, Vista, I think it's a great course. Both uh, Fountain Hills and Vista are one of my favourite courses out there. They, I think they're technical courses whilst also being widespread with a hell of a lot of uh, water damage out there. Now, um, Memorial's pretty stacked um, for being a non-pro tour. It's just an A tier now. But because it's always had that feel of being a pro tour, and the only reason it's not on the pro tour is because Vista won't shut the park for the um, disc golf. They won't do it. So it's like an open park, people having picnics
1: while Paul best throwing and like, force over their heads. So, so that's the wonderful go- thing.
2: That's, <laughs> exactly. that's
1: wonderful because uh, sometimes in sport, there's not enough danger in disc golf, you know. <laughs> but you know what? You, yeah, Paige shanked a shot in Vegas. What was the worst thing that happened? They ended up in a lake. In more of you shake a shot. Yeah, you're taking the head off a of a grandma enjoying a picnic with her family. You know? The danger. Exactly, mate. <laughs> it's danger. It's danger. Disc golf. Um,
2: but having a look at the field, Rob. Who have you got for MPO
1: and FPO? Oh, I'm gonna be so boring this week, Dale. You know what, he wasn't here at Vegas, but I think Paul McBeth's going to take it down. And I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with me. Yeah. You know what, you mentioned him You mentioned him shanking a force. I don't think he's going to. I think this no. guy has been putting in the work, as always, on off-seasons. We spoke to um, Hannah McBeth, so that interview's coming out soon. And when that comes out, you'll hear just sort of how dedicated Paul McBeth's been on this off-season. Um, and I think he loves Memorial and I think he's gonna take it yeah, down. He
2: he does he does love memorial. So because we've been boring there, Rob, obviously
1: we're both saying Port Beth, pick me a wild card and I'll do the same. A wild card. Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. You know what? I'm gonna go with the young gun, Cole Klein. You know, you it. it was the um it was the the competition last year, Macbeth versus Klein. Yeah. I think that's a I think that's a clash we're gonna be seeing a lot more of. You know, maybe uh, not just Macbeth and Weisocke, I think it might be Macbeth, Weysocke and Klein. You know, we've got the the Trilogy, we've got the, well, literally, we've got a Trilogy player, a disc golf player, a Dismania player, and I think that's going to be a fantastic battle this year up top. So, uh, Love who have it. you got as your wild card? I'm going Hammers, Adam Hammers. He was up there for me. I mean, he loves he is... loves
2: Memorial, he loves Vista, he loves Fountain Hills. He, he enjoys that course. You know, you see him at the Shelley Sharp Open at the start of the year, you know, it wasn't looking too hot, but um, I think he'll, he'll take it down. Nice if greenies Corbett, and, Dachy, and Hammers.
1: and FBO FBO so I think I'm going to give Kristen Tatar my love this week I think she again team disc dot teammate I think she almost took down Vegas you know she had a great weekend Um, she's I think she's finite I don't know if she's the full tour this year so I think so I think there's a couple of there's like less events that you know she has the yeah. opportunity to take down that top spot I know Memorial isn't on the Pro Tour but I think this could be one that uh, it could be her week
2: yeah no she can still cash there with an A tier um, I'm going to go I was going to go Christian Tatar as well but do you know what I won't um, because otherwise we're just too boring a podcast so I'm going yeah, to in the, uh, the, the in the Shames they called it the Sham side last week so, I have said to them that they are now, to me, in the shames. Um, in the shames. In I mean, the
1: shames. I mean, I think we could do better than that, but you know what, for now, what we'll be... Well, whilst I was that.
2: trying to think what to say, that's all I could think of. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to go with... Oh, God. It's hard. Um, I'm going to go with Evelina. Did have a great week, Uh at, at um, Vegas, but she's acclimatized now. Arizona is hot, 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 so she can warm up now. And um, yeah, that's that's all I can see taking it down. Hopefully, it's European. Anyway, Waco. I'm gonna go first this time, just so you can't steal my pick. But I don't oh, think. Um, nope No. Nope. Although he loves Waco, and I'll I'll put it out there, and I have no doubt that he'll be. If if my per- pick doesn't win, then Paul will win. Chris Dixon's going to take down his first um, his first pro tour. Well, yeah, his first event with Discraft. Now I'd see to make sure I've made myself look silly and make sure he's definitely playing Waikai.
1: Uh, he no, he is. I've got those to follow me. But you're fine. I could I could have <laughs> I could have so there. I made you panic for a
2: while. Tonight. I panicked. <laughs> you know, um, like, no, idiot! I'm not used. I'm not used to him. Used to him playing those events. Um, but yeah, Chris Dixon. Loves Woods golf. I think it's a perfect course for him, and I think he's going to take down the uh, Mpi.
1: I think that is a fantastic shout. Now, I haven't been given Calvin Heinberg enough love lately. Um, you know, he's a, he's a guy. Even the PGA, was, if I'm honest with you, looking at his world ranking, that is true. But you know, <laughs> it is a hundred percent true. Um, I want to give Calvin my. I picked this week because, well, a little bit of a story. Um, our sponsor, Backhand, our apparel partner, Matt was over in Vegas this week, and he picked me up a Calvin Destroyer, beautiful pink Halo Calvin Destroyer. Um, so I, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling Vinny this week. You know, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to get my hands on a beautiful disc. I think he's going to sort of take down Waco, but Willie, uh, probably not, because you know, I think uh, there's a lot of fantastic Woods players on the list. Yeah. I'm being I'm taking way too long to take my picks. I'm staring at this list of players, so I don't want to Just pick them all one. <laughs> However, I think James Conrad's gonna take it down. James there Conrad. You, you know what, he's got touch in the woods. That NV does wonderful things. Mm. Um Also, you know what, I'm a little bit tired of the sort of the People saying, oh, he he didn't actually win a, D- a Discord Pro Tour event, but he won Worlds, so is he actually that good? Yeah, he won Worlds, you know? <laughs> like he's, he's still one of the best players in the world. So this guy has the ability to take down most tournaments yeah. if he switched on, and i mean going to James Conrad, my love. Nice. And, uh, and then he goes to
2: FPO. Uh, i want uh, to call Paige Pierce. I think she's a good woods golfer. She's a good open golfer. And... Uh, I think she'll be hungry after, um, very hungry after Vegas.
1: Hungry like the wolf. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I am going to, you know what, someone some I don't know too much about because we haven't seen them on too much coverage, but I'm going to give Evelina uh, Salonen, you know, we'll get, I'll give a European uh, my pick this week. Uh, I, I think we're going to see... Some European dominance this year. Now, I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying all out dominance, but I reckon we're going to see a good mix of top spot European players. So uh, let's yeah. uh, let's go with her. Great. So that's What's our my- mix. That's uh, all. All the stuff to do is give love to our sponsors. Um, Absolutely, you know, it's it's something we love to do because these guys aren't just people that support the podcast, but they're things that we truly believe in. Um, I think it's also. Be a miss without mentioning disc dot. Myself and Dale are on Team disc dot. Um Ganonber, who was just phenomenal, at Vegas. Um, he oh. he 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 was just an advert for this for this putting tool. If you, if you have any doubt if this improves your putting, go check out what he did. Um, so big shout out to them. This show, at Atlas Disc Off Supply. You know we're we're uh, we're sponsored by a phenomenal bag company. Um, these things are rugged. They deal with the mud. They stand out. Go listen to the last few episodes as we talk about these bags. Um, And then the sponsors of the show specifically. So, Amside is powered by Ace Disc Golf. So, you can find all sorts of beautiful plastics over there. They're getting all the special stuff in. I think, as we speak, they've got an amazing section of Huck dyed um, Mm. discs. Um, If you're a fan of Huck, go check them out. They probably have a disc that not only you like throwing, but it's going to look pretty. Um, and you can use our code AMSIDE5 to get yourself a little bit of a discount because you know, there's only one thing better than buying new plastic, and that's saving money when buying new plastic. And then we've also got to give a shout-out to Backhand. As I mentioned, Matt was over in Vegas this year representing his awesome gear. I know it was hot in Nevada, but his sweat-wicking disc golf apparel was keeping him dry the whole weekend. Uh, and you can use our code Backhand AMSIDE10, not Backhand10, because that's them. <laughs> We're us and side 10 and get yourself 10% off any of the gear i know they've got some fantastic stuff dropping this year new products um so we'll keep our lips slightly closed until they renounce but go over and check out backhand-discov.com and get yourself all some phenomenal discov apparel and then obviously this week was an fpo week and we've got your love to throw pink we are the official media partners of Fair Pink. So every time we do an FPO episode, we will be doing a female Am of the Week. So keep your nominations coming in if you have inspiring females in your area just growing the game. We want to hear about it. But I think that's it. I think that's business done, Dale. Why don't you close us out?
2: Yeah, business done. And the last thing just to add to that, Rob. Um, When it comes to Discord, if you do want to get hands on some and you're outside of the UK, because if you're inside of the UK, make sure you're using our discount code over at Ace, as they are stocking them. I believe they're the only place in the UK that does stock them. Um, But if you're over anywhere else in the world, uh, use Amside on Discord's website and you'll get yourself um, a little bit of money off the order. Um, But yes, Rob, uh, time to close this out. So make sure you are following us on all of our social medias, uh, all at the Amside podcast, Instagram, Instagram. Facebook, etc., YouTube. We're closing on 2,000 followers. we have just about to hit 1,800, so we can't thank you enough. It's because of you guys. You have put us in the top 5% of podcasts in the world, which is absolutely amazing for being only a year into this podcast. It's showing that we're doing the right things, and we cannot thank you all enough. And, and just while you're on Instagram, make sure you follow both me and Rob, uh, both at amside__dale and Amside_Rob. We're trying to grow our own sort of little social media brands out there when it comes to disc golf. And some of Rob's content is hilarious, if not a little bit purple and cringy. But um, we love you, Rob. I don't worry. I have no about idea that. what you mean. I have no <laughs> idea what
1: you mean. <laughs>
2: um, well, when two becomes one. So uh, until next week, guys, or until uh, a week after next, if we don't see you on the course, we'll see you on the AM side.